0: back to Pastor's Prophecy Hour, your midweek installment of the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm Landon, and in this episode, Pastor Andrew is going to be returning to the topic of the seals, trumpets, and bowls found in the book of Revelation. As always, the screenshots for this episode can be found on our website, and this week there's a printable handout that you can also find on our website go to greaterlife.church/media and click on this episode, episode 16 of Pastor's Prophecy Hour to find those screenshots and printouts. And now, without further ado, let's get into this episode.
1: Today, our government did something right. 50 to 49, there was a motion on the floor to establish a law that would codify abortion no matter what the Supreme Court says, and 50 to 49, it was struck down, and uh, the Senate tried to make it into federal law that abortion would be uh, legal no matter what the Supreme Court says, but it failed. So, praise God for that. Amen? Praise God for that. Life won. On that one. Amen? All right. Ready? Yeah. Welcome to Pastors, (laughs) Pastors, Pastors Prophecy Hour. Got my glasses, got my Bible. We're gonna be in Revelation 7. Feels like we've been in Revelation 7 for about three weeks now. Well, we have. So what? I don't have any current events to share with you tonight. But I did get a lot of current events sent to me, and I watched them, I digested them, and decided, eh, it's food shortages and crisis and, you know, the typical stuff that's going on in the world today. But I want to talk to you about a different topic tonight. We're going to end on this study talking about the 144,000. Have you heard of the 144,000? But before I start, I'd like to take a moment, if I can, to look at some of the artwork that was submitted by you last week. <laughs> so let, let, let's see. Well, <laughs> this is now. Remember, this is the locust that was released from the pit that had. Um, Armor like a horse and the face of a human and a crown and all that. So let's, and I don't know what's going on at the backside of that one. That's the, oh, that's the scorpion tail. Okay. Thank the Lord. All right. <laughs> well, here we go again. All right. I love the face of the human on that one. By the way, it also had women's hair, a hair like a woman. And there we go there. Let's see if it gets any better. Whoa whoa it's a (laughs) seahorse oh goodness hey you know what though it did say it makes the sound of a horse as it as it was galloping oh wow okay so this is this is a fish hook here at the top and I just can't even hardly look at the one at the bottom I just don't want to look at it much longer so do we have any any other submissions oh okay Okay, so here we have, uh, now listen, I need to talk to this one. I need to speak to this one. I think this one was submitted by someone I know. Well, I guess all of them were submitted by somebody I know. But anyway, (laughs) the thing on the right-hand side is not a part of this illustration. The little crying face was already on the paper. And so this person afterward, as they gave it to me, they said, I just had a hard time doing this because I kept looking at this little crying face that somebody drew. And I was just so distracted. But we have there in the middle their uh, translation of what the scriptures talk about there. Any other ones? Oh. Wow. And to the rear of the hort Is that like, I don't know. (laughs) It's a spawn of the... (laughs) it's the offspring. Oh gosh. Is that it? Oh, so this is Wes's thumb at the top and someone needs to donate towards a manicure for this brother. I'm telling you what, he is struggling. And I know why he bites his fingers all the time. Is he in here? No, he he leaves. I think he goes to Best Buy on Wednesday night after he's done singing. (laughs) What what else we got? (laughs) Oh, okay. Now this one, I can tell you that has very much improved, whoever you are, between your first attempt. Who is this? Donna, you did a great job between first and second. It's one thing just to give up. It's another thing to press on towards the goal, like the Apostle Paul, right? That's awesome. Good job. Okay. Now, I want to know, who drew this one? Oh, there's Wes. Hey, Wes. Who drew this one? Are they here tonight? They stopped coming to church last week. Um, (laughs) I wanted to put them on the spot on if they drew the helicopter after I showed the helicopter. Anyway, let's go. Give it up for the people that put forth the best effort. Good job. Good job. Three reasons. If you want to take notes tonight, you take it on your phone. You can take it. They hate it when I do this, but you can take the thing out of the back of the seat. It's okay. Hey, we got notes. Fill in the blank notes. Go, land, and go. Go, land, and go. Go, land, and go. All right, he's got notes with blanks. I'm going to have some blanks tonight. Typically, Pastor's Prophecy Hour, we don't do the Sunday morning blank things, but I've got some blanks for you tonight. You know, I did, I I was a substitute teacher um, briefly, ever so briefly, and uh, I was a referee in basketball, and I like refereeing better than substitute teaching. I really did. I I could yell more, and it was okay, and uh, substitute teaching was a challenge. All right, you got your note sheets? The 144,000 we'll get to in the end, but first of all, I want to talk to you about the three reasons for tribulation, the three reasons for tribulation. And we're going to take a little different approach. We're going to go through these blanks, and if we have time, we'll just continue on with the next chapter and kind of walk through it verse by verse. As soon as you have um, all your note sheets, I think we're good now. Here's a pen. All right. Here we go. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Three reasons for tribulation. Number one, the wake to wake up unbelievers. To wake up unbelievers. Now, one of the things that we've talked about already is that the whole book of Revelation, the whole per- point of the great tribulation is it's God's last effort, his best effort. It's God's Hail Mary pass, what have you, to finally get people to recognize, acknowledge, that he is not only real, but he is involved with life and humanity. We do have atheists in the world, and, and we do have agnostics in the world, and I really don't know which one's more dangerous. First of all, I don't think there's any such thing as an atheist, because an atheist, by saying they're an atheist, has acknowledged that there is something that they're choosing not to believe in. You with me? And an atheist many times will be very offended and very aggressive when they find someone who is a believer in God, and I don't get upset with anyone that tells me leprechauns are real. You, you feel me? Why, are they, why, why is there so much anger and so much vitriol for the people that do believe in God? Because there is something there. The agnostic, I believe, is a more dangerous category because the agnostic says, yeah, there, pro- there probably is, but he has nothing to do with us, and I don't have anything to do with him. One of the the beliefs of unbelievers or people that are agnostic that say, yes, there is or there might be, but I don't have anything to do with him, is this concept that there might be a creator, but he just kind of started things in motion and doesn't care what happens from this point forward. It's the idea of starting a ball rolling down a hill, and no matter what happens down the hill, the person who started it rolling is going to be completely uninvolved. So the great tribulation goes through great pains, goes through great, detail. It's written in the book of Revelation so people can know and acknowledge that this is exactly how it's supposed to happen. So it's to wake up unbelievers. We've joked about it before that the largest attended service on Sunday would probably be the Sunday after the rapture as people run to church to try to find the answers for what is happening. The second reason for the tribulation is to shake up the nation of Israel, to shake up the nation of Israel. It would be an interesting statistic, and I don't know, Mary, I don't know if you know this statistic, but it would be interesting to me, I thought about this today and I didn't have time to find it, how many, over time, Jewish people are actually coming to believe upon Jesus Christ. So, for example, I wonder if there's more people in the last 10 years than there were in the previous 10 years. No? Wow. Uh, That's not the statistic I wanted. (laughs) The 70s was a big time and it's kind of gone down some. Got it. Good point. Because my hope would be is that there's an acceleration there but as we've talked about before the signs of the rapture the greatest sign is not a revival it's a great falling away. Right? So To shake up the nation of Israel is another reason that God has put into place this great tribulation. Remember, Revelation is only one book that talks about end times. The Jewish people know all the Old Testament ones, and it's very specific to even the nation of Israel in many cases. The third is to make up the kingdom of God. Will there be converts during the Great Tribulation? What say you? Yes. If the point of the Great Tribulation is to wake up unbelievers and shake up the nation of Israel, then you better believe that the greatest revival since the beginning of the church is going to happen in the Great Tribulation millions upon millions upon millions of people will finally accept, acknowledge, and see that there is not only a God, but there is a God that's in control and that loves them enough to try to get them to wake up. The three reasons for tribulation, to wake up unbelievers, shake up the nation of Israel, to make up the kingdom of God. God's wrath is revealed in three ways. God's raft is revealed in three ways. The seven seals that are broken, talked about those some. The seven trumpets that are blown. Wes, can you find me a bottle of water? Make sure it's got the click seal on it because, oh, hey, we heard it, right? So just making sure he don't do nothing, this one here. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) This is the best water I've ever had. You'll be blessed with two waters tomorrow, Wes. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) But you're not supposed to give so you can receive. It's just the heart, right? Okay, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls that are poured out. The seven seals we talked about. Now, I have taken you through historical view. Last week, we talked about the accelerated view that these things are present in the world, but they're going to get worse or more accelerated the closer we get to the end. And let's look at, again, these seven seals, beginning with number one, the Antichrist rises to prominence. The Antichrist rises to prominence, the first seal. Now, Scripture does not say that the antichrist is in the world but it does say on multiple occasions that the spirit of the antichrist is already in the world so we understand that the antichrist has less to has less to do with the person and more to do with the spirit behind the person you with me so the people that you maybe even come in conflict with or 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 politicians or world leaders or, or even generals in, in armies that are overtaking the world, whoever it may be, it, it's less about the person than it is about the spirit behind the person. And we understand that the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the world, but this is when that spirit attaches itself to that person and rises to prominence in such a way that it's never happened before. I would argue that this is not a spirit that is only present in one place at one time. Now, I'm not saying that this is an omnipresent type spirit, but how many of you guys that anything that rises and puts itself against Christ is what? Anti-Christ. So, there are things out there that are positioned in our world today and in our culture today that are positioned against Christ or anti-Christ. But I feel like, this spirit, well, let's talk, about, let's talk about spiritual hierarchy for just a minute. So we understand that there's a hierarchy in the angelic kingdom, archangels and uh, warring angels, messenger angels. There's, there's cherubim, seraphim. We've talked about all that before. And demons are what? Fallen angels. So we also understand there is a hierarchy a structure, an authority flow chart, so to speak, in the demonic realm. Considering that, if the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world, then the spirit of the Antichrist also has a bunch of demons that are on task with that spirit. You follow me? Now, when the Antichrist rises to power, I think all bets are off. The quote-unquote boss man has attached himself to a person, and that person has now elevated themselves and even as scripture teaches us has set them up themselves up in the temple as God so the antichrist rises to prominence in verse one and verse two chapter six then we have the war of the world the second seal we have that second horse we have that second rider and we have the war of the world that's being carried out I want to get off topic for a minute and it's I don't, I don't know how confident I am in this, but you want to go with me on a little journey? I, I don't read in, tribute, in, in Revelation, and if you did and I missed it, I don't read a lot about children in there. I do read in Jesus' prophecy that pregnant women will run Woe to the pregnant woman who is pregnant in those days, right? You know, Jesus says, you, you don't want to be pregnant during the great tribulation. You don't want that to happen. Now, why? Obviously, because terrible things are happening. Obviously, because, I mean, you've, you may have even heard people say, I don't want to have, bring a child into this world, man. This world's crazy. You know, people have these different concepts. But, <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. I'm going to do it. <sighs> did you know during, <laughs> during, during the pandemic, there's a whole lot of people that got pregnant? <laughs> Am I right? Uh, it, during, the, during the pandemic, all I'm saying is in the midst of chaos, in the midst of pain, we run to something that may bring us comfort, and sometimes we run to something that brings us comfort, things happen. So, so I'm just saying, we know that it's a nine-month thing, And the tribulation is seven years. So I I have no scripture to give you, but I'm going to give you this. Because lately, this thing about abortion has been at the top of the headlines. So for the sake of our discussion, remove the church from the world. Place at the head of world government, the Antichrist, who is against everything that is God, which is family, which is procreation, which is all of these things, how quickly the world could turn without any spirit holding it back, which is in the church, how quickly the world could turn to a place that they say, there will be no more children born in this society. It's not a leap anymore, is it? Now, I bring that to you to say At the end of all of what is happening, to bring the children discussion into this, it certainly doesn't stretch my mind to put an evil government in place that would run around and end pregnancies and take the lives of children just because it was illegal. It's happening today in China. And I think they just, they just removed the, the two-child policy not that long ago, but there's still, there's still areas where it's being practiced, forced abortions. So I told you I was going to get off topic. Well, there it was. Now I'm back on topic. The war of the world in verse 3 and 4 is this other horse. When the lamb broke the second seal, I heard a second living being said, Come, then another horse appeared, a red one. It was given a mighty sword with the authority to take peace from the earth and there was war and slaughter everywhere. Guys, I know when the Antichrist arises, there will still be people that don't want the Antichrist to be in charge of them. They're not believers because the believers have been caught up, but there still will people that say, I don't, want, I don't want to be a part of that organization. I don't want that guy to be in charge. I, I, I got, my, <laughs> I got my, my carry, open carry, right? And then nobody's going to come take my land. The sword has now been given to that red horse, which is under the direction of the Antichrist and its government, to go and make war. It certainly is not going to be tribulation world where everybody says, oh, you're in charge, whatever you want. We've talked about the World Economic Forum, this idea that we will have nothing and be happy. There's a lot of people in our world today that do not know Jesus but have lots of stuff. And they will not give up stuff just because the Antichrist said so. You with me? People still gonna fight with people. That's the second seal. The third seal, famine and economic collapse, is on your note sheet. Verse five and six, lamb broke the third seal, heard the living being say, Come, looked up, saw a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And it goes through that. Number four, death of unbelievers. Death of unbelievers. Now, many of these things, as we talked about, are in the world, they're present in the world, but this is an accelerated time, and now it happens in such great numbers that it will be staggering. Verse 7 and 8, I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale, uh, whose color was pale green, its rider was named Death, his companion was a the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with a sword, famine, disease, and wild animals. The reason why I believe that's primarily unbelievers is because the very next verse talks about the believers. Verse 5, seal number 5 talks about the death of believers, verse 9 through 11. This is happening in quick fashion. Then rapture occurred, rise of the Antichrist, war of the world, famine and economic collapse, death of the unbelievers... And then death of believers would mean that they had to become believers between the first one and this one, right? Did you know that in closed countries or in places where proselytizing, which is evangelism witnessing, is illegal, they they do not care if you were to say that I have given my life to Christ. That doesn't carry much weight. But it's when you walk into baptism water baptism, now you're serious. Because if you just say it, then there's room for them to still change your mind. But many false religions look at the water baptism as the moment in which, okay, you're you're a Christian now and we're going to shun you, we're going to torture you, we're going to persecute you, whatever the case may be. Death of the believers in verse 9 through 11. Number six, the seven, uh, out of the seven seals, universal natural catastrophes. Universal natural catastrophes. Which brings us to chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7, the 144,000. I think you got it all the way filled out. I don't have any more blanks. Silence, Silence in heaven. Silence in heaven. Number seven is silence in heaven. It's it's kind of, it's a seal, yes, but it, it just carries with it silence in heaven. It opens the door for the trumpets. So we're not going to talk about the trumpets right now. They come later in chapter eight. We talked about that last week. Chapter seven, chapter seven. Then I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds. So they did not blow on the earth or the sea or even on any tree. Did you know that there are people, maybe there's a people in here, I don't know, who believe that the passage of Scripture that says that there were four angels standing at four corners of the earth, see this as an argument, I, what am I going to say? For flat earth. I know. It, they, well, there's four, There can't be four corners unless it's a flat earth. Okay. What do you do with the plethora of other scriptures? <laughs> so before you think that's a thing, it's not. Four corners of the earth doesn't necessarily speak of corners it speaks of areas regions that these angels have been assigned holding back the four winds so they do not blow on the earth i did uh on a wednesday night not that long ago i did a study and it was extensive study for me it was it took me like two days to try to figure out where wind comes from i i watched youtubes i read articles I got all science on it. And I, and I said, it's got to come. Where's the origination? Is there a hole somewhere with a box fan upon the earth where it just whish and cycles? Do you know where wind comes from? Nowhere. It's just there. Billy Graham said, and an even more prominent theologian, DC Talk. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the wind moves the leaves on the trees, but no one knows where it comes from, right? I got to be, in, you know, there's more of a beat to it for, for the D.C. talkers. Anyway, <laughs> it, it's crazy. Now, can't, have you ever been hot on a sunny day and a breeze just hits you? It's a wonderful thing. Also, have you been hot on a sunny day and it's completely still? Miserable, Right? I think there's something here, a stillness that aligns itself in such a way as a moment where people notice. You notice when the wind stops. So what if the wind from every direction just stopped? They hold back the four winds so it did not blow on the earth or the sea or on any tree. Tornadoes have this effect that right before it hits, it's really still. Why? Because the wind has got sucked up into that area and every, and it's kind of like you go outside, you know, you go outside, oh, the storm must have passed! and you, It's a tornado! <laughs> it's going to sit on the porch for a minute. Which, by the way, Men, it's our responsibility and our duty to walk outside during the storm and just watch. If you're not doing it, you're missing your calling. I can't tell you how many times I've I... <laughs> Look at these trees, man. They are blowing right down. This is amazing. <laughs> what are you doing out there? Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I saw another angel coming up from the east. Now, there were four angels there, and another angel speaks of, guess what, another angel. So if there were four angels that had the authority to hold back the four, uh, the four winds, then this angel must have been in charge of the other four angels. Would you agree with that sentiment, or at least had the authority at that moment to say, chill? I saw another angel coming out from the east, which parenthetically is where the sun rises, carrying the seal of the living God. Some people believe this angel to be Jesus himself. I I don't know. I mean, I don't think so because the word angel, it it doesn't say angel of the Lord. Anytime Jesus appears as an angel, it it always in the Old Testament says angel of the Lord. So another angel, maybe an archangel, maybe an angel of, of more authority comes out. Wait, don't harm the land or the sea or the trees until we have placed the seal of God on the foreheads of his servants the seal of God the mark the beast has his mark and God has his mark the mark is on the forehead for the sake of discussion for the sake of just getting into my head I think the mark could be three things number one It could be the mark that we got used to seeing growing up in the 80s of the movies that we would watch, and it was the barcode or some kind of a tattoo or, you know, something on their forehead physically. But as we've gone through Pastor's Prophecy Hour, we've learned that that is a very small window of how someone could actually be marked. It could be a physical one, a tattoo or another marking that is topical or noticeable to physical sight. Which means that these people that were to be marked, they were not supposed to be harmed by the judgments that were coming in the future. So, that means that the rock that was falling down from heaven would have to check and check and see, can you just lift your hat? I just need to make sure. I'm okay. Right? <laughs> to fall on that one. I know it's silly, but, but think of it. Now, God is allowing in His sovereignty to have some of these judgments that are upon the earth to be natural consequences, but I certainly do not believe that He is strategically sending everything that is a natural catastrophe. Uh, He's controlling every pebble or every, every flame. I don't think it's a physical one, but it could be. What about a biomedical one? One of the things that we saw recently is the separation of people according to their vaccination status. You stand over here, you stand over here, this is the line for you, this is the line for you, this is the vaccinated water fountain, this is the non-vaccinated water fountain. I mean, it got like that for a while, right? It was kind of, okay. So we have this biomedical one, and we talked about it at the beginning, about the the element that glows and all of those kinds of things. We won't go back down that road. You can go back on the podcast and listen to episode one or two. I don't know what it was. But when the world is marked and you're not, then you're marked by purity. You're marked because you're not marked. Does that make sense? Now, if the whole world is in sin and we follow after Jesus, then we're different because we don't follow after what the whole world is doing. We are marked by righteousness. Make sense? Could it be a biomedical one? If the world is marked and they're not, then the mark could be the fact that they're not marked with the beast, right? The third one, and this is the one I I really think is the case, is the seal that's coming down is the seal of God. The seal of God is the spirit, a spiritual mark. Since the tribulation is a spiritual judgment taken out in a physical world and the agents of the judgment are primarily spiritual in nature, the mark, I believe, is a spiritual one. The forehead speaks of the mind. The Bible tells us that we are to have a mind of Christ. In a world that's mind has gone completely evil... God is reserving 144,000 that have a mind after God. Could it be a physical one? Maybe. Could it be a biomedical one? Maybe. Could it be a spiritual one? For the sake of just fun, how many of you guys are on the physical team? I think it's a a legitimate thing that can be seen topically. Raise your hand. I just want to see. Okay. I'll pray for you two guys afterwards. I'm just kidding. (laughs) She's like, wait a minute, I'm kidding. <laughs> how about the biomedical one? Who got, how many of you guys think that might be the case? The biomedical one? Yeah. All right, how many of you guys spiritual? All right, how many of you guys don't know? But it's fun to talk about, right? 144,000, you ready? Flip your sheets over and write these down. And I heard how many were marked with the seal of God. 144,000 were sealed from all the tribes of Israel. And then it goes through the tribes of Israel, except one. Talk about that in just a second. Revelation 7 3, number one, the 144,000, they are protected. Write that down protected. What sets these 144,000 apart? Number one, they are protected. The scripture that we just read, read wait, don't harm the land or the sea. We got to mark the 144,000. They are protected. Revelation 5 through 8 talks about who they are. They are Jewish. They are from these tribes of Israel. They are Jewish. Number three, they are believers. Believers upon Jesus. They are believers. Verse 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 3 of Revelation says... This great choir sang a wonderful new song in front of the throne of God and before the four living beings and 24 elders. No one could learn this song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. They were believers and therefore they were redeemed. Number four, they will be witnesses. They will be witnesses. Chapter 14 verse 4 says, they have kept themselves as pure as virgins. Other translations say they will be virgins. Following the Lamb wherever he goes. So, number five, I have they will be pure. Now, let me talk to you about that. Are they virgins? I, I don't think I don't think they are. Could they be? Sure. Is that an indicator of their purity? No. Because if they followed God's plan, then being a virgin or not has nothing to do with your pur- purity as long as you're following what God's plan is. You with me? But they will be pure. Now, if they will be pure, that speaks of how they live when they were marked, when they were set apart. Purity. Purity in heart, purity in mind purity in their lives they will be pure number six they will go with jesus they have kept themselves pure as virgins and the last, the uh the last part of that scripture following the lamb wherever he goes they've been purchased from among the people on the earth as a special offering to god and to the lamb they have told no lives they are without blame which brings us to number seven, they have no deceit. They have told no lies, they are without blame. This language is used about Abraham, it's used about Noah, it's used about the righteous, as they're called. Chapter 10, verse 7 tells us one more attribute of the 144,000. When the seventh angel blows the trumpet, God's mysterious plan will be revealed. It will happen just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. They will be informed. They're on the inner circle. The final attribute I find about the 144,000 is in Revelation 19, verse 2. It says, he has avenged the murder of his servants. They ultimately will suffer martyrdom or will die, but they will be avenged. Number nine, they will be avenged. Now, They are Jewish is number two, but I just want to bring up one part to that. The 12 tribes of Israel, there's one that's glaringly missing, and that's the tribe of Dan. The tribe of Dan, and I'm just telling you what some scholars believe, the reason that they believe the tribe of Dan is missing is because they believe that the Antichrist will rise from the tribe of Dan, that the Antichrist will be Jewish. Now, I certainly could see that happening. But I also could see that not happening. <laughs> Here in America, we feel like, oh, they have to be in America because America's first in everything. <laughs> it feels like, <laughs> I almost believe that, that whatever, I just, I have to remind us again, America is not prominently in the end times prophecy. Because at some point, America's going to lose its shine, lose its power, lose its sheen, whatever the case may be. I believe it will happen at the rapture because when the church goes, America loses a whole lot of people because it still is the highest concentration of evangelical Christians in the world. However, it could happen before then. But at the end of the day, I believe... It's not hard for me to say that the Antichrist would rise out of Israel or of Jewish descent in the tribe of Dan. Now, to encourage you, the tribe of Dan is is reestablished or restored in the Old Testament as it's prophesied about the end times. So they're not in this list, but the tribe of Dan is included in other lists. Now, can we? I have five minutes left. So, you get to ask questions. If you have any. If you don't, then I'll just ramble on for five more minutes. Any questions? I was hoping I could ramble on, but go ahead. How are you? I'm Andrew. Hi,
0: I'm Gail.
1: Hey, Gail. You're with them. Awesome. What you got, Gail? Um, I study Revelation 2, precept upon precept, if you're familiar with precepts. Yep.
0: Um, You mentioned the avenged, and... I studied that
2: that was the souls under the altar because they
1: asked when will we be we be avenged. Yes. And he said when the rest of the people are martyred, I will avenge. Right. Is nineteen referring to the souls under the altar? Both or? and. Pardon me. Both and the rest when the rest of the souls are martyred, being the hundred and forty-four thousand, the avengement comes later. So he's waiting on that to happen right the ones that died in the tribulation that yes. became believers yes okay. yes absolutely which which by the way yes. the whole point of being caught up in the rapture is avoiding all of this but there will be many who will find christ in the tribulation and there will be many that will be killed I've seen End Times movies, and there's always this one Christian guy that lives out in a barn out in the country somewhere, and people find them, and they make their own food, and they're going spy missions and, and robbing drug stores, and it's it like Jesse Jane and Billy the Kid. I mean, it's, it's just... But at the end of the day, yeah, and they always have European science, sirens in this movie, in these movies. <laughs> it's not American cop cars. It's European cop cars. It's the U.N., Anyway, it's terrifying, <laughs> but yes, that will be all of the martyrs, I believe, when it finally happens in 192. Yes.
0: And this might be like, um, like too political of a question, um, but do you know how like Jewish people will be defined since like Israel was like reestablished with people from like so many different countries and perhaps not even of Jewish
1: heritage? You want to take that one? No. She's Jewish. So it's it's important to know that the the
2: only people who, the only tribes people know that they're from are Judah and Levi. Because there was a southern kingdom of Israel and a northern kingdom of Israel. The southern kingdom was made up of Judah, part of Benjamin, and then Levi. Because the Levites were in all the tribes. And the northern kingdom was made up of all the other tribes. And all the other tribes were put decks exile by Assyria, where the women were raped mm. and the men were killed and they were completely assimilated. Mm. And they never came back. And so that's why where we get the word Jewish from, from mm. Judah. So when we're talking about somebody from a different tribe, we might refer to Israelites. Mm-hmm. So, um we know that, like Paul was a Benjaminite, but beyond that, nobody knows that they're from the tribe of Benjamin. Right. Um, Somebody that's whose last name is Levy Cohen Katz mm-hmm. Khan, whatever, they're they're not just um, Levites, but part of the priesthood. So um, the mystery of who's the one hundred and forty four thousand is going to be is we have no idea who's in the tribe of Naphtali. Right. We have no idea who's in the tribe of Gad or whatever. That is a complete mystery. And the fact that through that assimilation where all these women were raped and assimilated and everything, God kept for himself mm-hmm. people from these tribes is going to be the ultimate miracle that we, they would even know that's or cool. God would even know. Yeah. Oh, he's God, but obviously.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's very cool. She answered that question. Great. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate it. Awesome. One more. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. So Matthew 24 goes through all of the signs that are happening. Uh, Part of it is the immorality of our world. We have wars and rumors of wars. We have natural disasters that are being accelerated. Uh, But Jesus says, when you see these things, look up because the end is near, not when you see these things freak out. So we have hope when we have Christ as our Lord and Savior. No one knows when the end will come. As a matter of fact, the 144,000 is a number that the Jehovah's Witnesses grabbed a hold of and ran with. But the Jehovah's Witnesses was also the religion that guessed at the end of the world three times and missed it every time. And every time they miss it, like, well, we miscalculated. So... And then, as soon as the 144,001 person became a Jehovah's Witness, is that, well, it's not a real number. It's like, you know, symbolic. So I just wanted to touch on that as well. So we don't guess at the date because Jesus warned us against that. We don't, you know, we, we don't put that out there, but certainly we believe it will be soon. We have to live like it will be tomorrow, but work like it'll be 100 years from now. Make sense? Good. Do you, are you guys interested to do Q&A next week to come with questions? And let's just talk through this because the questions really do spur a good conversation and I love it. I, I'm, no? <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to email them, just bring them. Should they be relevant to whatever you're speaking about next week? Ah, well, you can ask me anything. How about ask the pastor week, next week? You know, pastor's prophecy. Seriously. And all the things you've been burning and wanting me to address, <laughs> I will address. And it'll be awesome. And many people will leave the church over it. <laughs> 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 but at least we'll do it on a Wednesday night. So we've got a little smaller group. No, just kidding. Awesome. So let's be done before Moises so he doesn't give me a hard time. Uh, let's bow our hearts in prayer. Amen? Thank y'all for being here. Lord Jesus, thank you for the time we've had together tonight to talk about these unique things, these special things. Pray God that you bring us back next week safe and give us a wonderful week. Uh, Lord, may your presence continue to go with us and And uh, may we walk in your anointing and in your hope. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a five-star rating and review. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to Pastor's Prophecy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you'd like to hear more from Greater Life Church, including our Sunday morning services, go to our website, Greater Life